Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport, where we have more live and exclusive cricket coverage for you to look forward to. India taking on South Africa in the first of three one-day internationals this week on TalkSport 2, the first of them on Thursday the 12th of March. It'll be a chance to listen to some of the names that made a real impression during England's tour as South Africa come up against one of the most fearsome limited oversides in world cricket. Teams and Toss broadcast live at 7.30am on Thursday, play getting underway at 8am and now a chance to listen back to a show that broadcast on Monday evening on TalkSport 2 as Ben Fletcher was joined by a host of big names including Sean Pollock to look ahead to this big name clash. Rashid from the far end, bowls a leg break and Corson has got hold of this one and Benson, that might be the biggest of the day. Here is Wood once again, bowls. Coltos in the air, that's boundary, one bounce into the fence, riding on Virat Kohli's form, not out, 82, finishes this game off with five balls to spare. Jordan in, bounce to Kogovu, deep mid-wicket, six more! Oh, Jordan's just shrugging his shoulders. Oh, that's swung away by the cock out towards deep square leg again for six. And it's going to be Pandya, the ball. Two runs, one ball. Here it comes now. Runs in, passes on pass. Bangladesh need two runs. And this is also the stop. India win! Here is uh, Jordan again. Oh, David Miller's gone huge over deep mid-wicket. That's massive. Landing halfway up the grass banks. Orion strike drives, beats Shane Watson again. What a drive, what a shot. Four boundaries in the over. 
So let's hope for plenty more drama. Sixes, fours, wickets, who knows what else. We may even get another super over somewhere along the line right here on TalkSport 2. Of course, England have just come back from South Africa where they won the Test Series 3-1. They drew the ODI Series 1-all and then won the T20 Series 2-1. And a man part of our team was, of course, the former South Africa bowler Sean Pollock, who I'm pleased to say joins TalkSport 2 right now. Sean, how are you doing? How have you been? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, listen, firstly, you were part of the TalkSport team down in South Africa. Uh, what was it like working with our lot, in particular, with our very own Darren Goff? <laughs> I can't give too much away. No, Goff is good value. He's, uh, he's fun to work with. Um, he always keeps it entertaining. And uh, I thought, yeah, all the guys were, were full of knowledge, and um, I thought it was a pretty good show. You know, I've worked on quite a few radio gigs in my time. Really enjoyed this experience this time around. Uh, young producer Sam Ellard's in the studio with me and he says what happens on tour stays on tour so I guess we'll just leave that that department there shall we uh, <laughs> South Africa uh, they've just finished playing a series against the Aussies a 3-0 ODI series win but they then lost the T20 series 2-1 um, in amongst all that Sean who, who impressed you for South Africa? Yeah I must admit uh, you know after what lost that T20 series uh, I was expecting the worst in the one days um, and to bounce back and win a 3-0 before they head on to India, um, was, a, was a fine performance. You know, a lot of of the senior players weren't around. You know, the likes of even the Fanda Dissen and the Fafdu Plessis were arrested for the trip. Um, and so it was going to be interesting to see how the other guys could get on. And basically all the batsmen that were brought in did pretty well. Farina got some runs. John John Smuts got some runs. And the one who really impressed was Klaassen. Um, you know, he was... Um, very good. I mean, he, he got man of the series, but uh, it was just rec- was spectacular. He got a hundred and I think it was two fifty in total as well. So yeah. really a uh, fine performance. And, and all the younger guys who were brought in too um, in the bowling department did a good job. So um, yeah, I was really imp- I wasn't expecting it to put it that way. You know, the, the might of Australia, who were a pretty settled unit. Yes, they've got some younger guys in the middle order, but at the top of the order in their bowling attack, um, it's as settled as it could be. I was really intrigued to see South Africa fielding 33 different players across all formats this season. They've handed out 10 new white ball caps since September, um, obviously looking out new combinations. Um, who for you has stood out? Yeah, it has been an interesting period. I think transition is the word that you've got to use at this time for the South Africans. And, uh, you know, there's been nine guys who've made the debut in Test Cricket. And as you mentioned, there's been nine or ten guys make today in the T20 or the one-day format. Uh, when you think on a given weekend, now domestic cricket, we've got only six teams playing. So that's 66 individuals and just 33 different ones who had to be in South Africa in one season. And there's not even one season. Um, you know, it's basically only since October. It just does show where we're at. You know, we are sort of calling all pockets, trying to find guys who can maybe stand up. Um, but, you know, if I had to pick two, and the batting department would be Clarkson, as I say, and I think he's done brilliant in the shorter format um, as as the season's gone on. And then Heinrich Nokia has been a real fan for us, uh, you know, to replace the likes of, of Dale Stain, Mourne uh, Morkul, and even Rabada, who's been rested for a lot of the period, and Lingingi to him a start. It's been Nokia who's really stood up, and um, yeah, I think he's learned a lot. He's come on leaps and bounds, and I just love his character. I think the way he goes about his business, whether he's bowling, batting, or or just in the field, uh, you know, he's loving every minute of his, and he's fully committed. 
Yeah, well, you do, in a period of transition, you definitely need characters and leaders in the dressing room, don't you? An ever-changing one, particularly um, in South Africa's case. Uh, if I can take you back to the last World Cup, if I dare. Um, obviously, it wasn't a particularly good one for, for, for you guys, but what key areas um, do you think that South Africa need to improve on looking ahead to the next one? Yes, we're in a period of transition, but which particular bits would you say need the most attention? Well, the last World Cup was pretty successful for us. You know, we beat England in the Rugby World Cup, so that was... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the cricket um, obviously didn't go according to plan. And, yeah. You know, since then, there's been quite a, a few personnel that have changed. So, you know, you you learn from those and you have to move on. So what's your focus? You, you go and you work out where's the next World Cup taking place. India, who's going to play the part? It's going to be middle over... Uh, dominated with guys who can deal with uh, the surfaces that you're going to experience there, whether they can play spin. You've also got to find two guys who who are going to bowl those 20 or or 30 overs of spin in the middle for your your team when you get there. So Imran Tahir retires to Bray Shamsi now all of a sudden starting to look the part. Maharaj uh, is doing well uh, as a list job spinner as well. And then, you know, our big quicks will be pretty similar to what we've seen at the World Cup now. Um, but it is, it's, it's a difficult one. And when you have a bad tournament like it, I mean, England experienced that when they went to to New Zealand and, and Australia. It was a, a, a catalyst moment in many ways. They, from then on, they really did kickstart what was a fantastic campaign over three years. And South Africa have to look to do the same. Yeah, you, you brought up the Rugby World Cup final. All, all I'll say to that, Sean, is if uh, Carl Sinclair doesn't get injured, it's a very, very different final. But maybe a conversation you and I can have another day. <laughs> um, listen, Quinton, Quinton de Kock um, took over as captain in, in the uh, series against England and Australia. Um, he seems to be get, given the backing to take South Africa forward long term. Um, do you think that's the right call? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know really what to expect from Quinton. I think on the field is where we can judge him because we watch the tactics that he employs and yeah, I think he's been pretty good. He's had a good understanding and seems to have a good rapport with the players on the field. But uh, we all know that captaincy is a lot more than that. You know, it's dealing with the media, dealing with the expectations, uh, dealing with the man-managing part of the field. Uh, and I think he's going to have to really combine well with Mark Boucher as he goes forward if he's going to continue to do the job. You know, he just said to me 18 months ago, who would be the person? Would have been Aidan Markham for me uh, because he's grown up almost doing that job. But uh, with his injury... Obviously, Quinny's taken over the reins and he's doing pretty well. So, it'd be interesting to see how it unfolds. Um, and, you know, having become a captain myself, you do realise over those first six to 18 months uh, how much exactly is expected of you and how you have to adjust your way of thinking on and off the field. You know, you have to work out how to fit in your own um, game and your practising and everything, but then also look to try and inspire and, and get to the bottom of how the others are going. So it can be pretty challenging. If I can take you on to the tour of India, how do you think South Africa are going to cope with the pitches? Um, do you think in amongst this transitional squad there is the talent, there are the players to do well on those subcontinent pitches? Yeah, I think, I mean, you've got to be excited about what they've done here against Australia, but it is a massive change and, and a massive step forward to, to go into India and get on those surfaces where the ball does stop, it doesn't come on, the spinners will get it to grip. Um, and then how do you rotate strike? How do you pick up boundaries? And yeah. for inexperienced players, I think it's going to prove to be quite challenging. Uh, I'm not saying they can't do it, but, uh, you know, it, it really is going to be a big ask of them um, to, to go over there just as quickly as possible. I think the first game, I don't know I'm going over this Thursday, um, the first game starts. So it's maybe two or three net sessions at, at most 
and uh, it is a big ask, uh, but we'll just have to see. Finally, from me, Sean, a lot of talk of AEB de Villiers. Do you, are we going to ever see him again? Are we going to get that fairy tale return? Do you think? I spoke to Mark Boucher, and uh, what's what's happening now is the first of June. So after the RPL, anyone who wants to make themselves available to play in the World Cup has to make themselves available then on the first of June. And there is good talk about de Villiers maybe being in the position to do so. I think he might also just see how his RPL goes. If he, if he feels like he can still answer the corner, still perform at that level, then I think he might make himself available. We've also got people like the likes of Chris Morris and Imranta here who could also present themselves available for that T20 World Cup. And in many ways, although it seems like a young man's game, I think it's the experienced campaigners who've got experience on, their sh- on the shoulders that um, will dictate terms when the T20 World Cup comes because it's about dealing with pressure. And when you've done it time after time, uh, you know, you can keep a clear head. And finally, uh, Sean, India, uh, you're no stranger to the country. What's it like touring there? How much um, care do you have to take, what you eat, what you have to drink, that type of thing? Is it? I mean, Goffey's often said that he went to bed um, with a bit of whiskey in his belly just to sort of avoid any talk of Delhi belly. But is, is, is it something you've ever struggled with or have been worried about? Yeah, well, coffee. You know, he needs any excuse to be able to put whiskey in his belly. You know, whatever, whatever theory he'll come up with, like, something to do with alcohol is a good thing. <laughs> but um, it, it will be a bit of a challenge. I mean, even the coronavirus, you know, I suppose that puts a bit of a scare into things. Um, but I think got, traveling and, and touring in India has become a lot easier now. Uh, yeah, when we first went there in the 90s, which was my first experience, it was a little bit more challenging. But I think there's a real good understanding. The doctors go there sort of line your stomach with um, stuff that might help you deal with whatever issues you may face. And uh, I think it's such a short tour that um, I don't think there should be many issues at all. Former South Africa bowler Sean Pollock, thanks for your time this afternoon here on TalkSport 2. A reminder that every ball of the series is live on TalkSport 2 from 7.25 UK time Thursday morning. Coming up after the break, we'll turn our attention to the home side and speak with former Rajasthan Royals and Sunrisers Hyderabad batsman Abhishek Janjanwala. Hello, how are you doing? Welcome. This is an India versus South Africa series preview here on TalkSport 2. Just three days to go until the action is underway in the three-match ODI series. Every single ball of the tour will be live here on TalkSport 2. The first ODI gets going on Thursday morning from 7.25 UK time. India are looking to bounce back from a tough tour of New Zealand. South Africa are looking to continue their recent good form after an impressive home series win against Australia. Some of the biggest stars in world cricket will be on display with Virat Kohli, Shikha Darwan, Quinton de Kock and Faf de Plessis all in action. The whole series is live on TalkSport 2. Time now to turn our attention to India and see how they're shaping up ahead of the series. Former Rajasthan Royals and Sunrisers Hyderabad, Hyderabad batsman Abhishek Jinjanwala, who will be part of our commentary team, joins us now. Hi Abhishek, how are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Fantastic. Yeah, good, thanks. Thank you for joining us here on TalkSport 2. Um, India are coming into this series on the back. They had a bit of a tough time of it in New Zealand, didn't they? Where did it go wrong for them on that tour? I think it was more a bit of a pitch as well. And obviously they, they use their pitch, they use their conditions really, really well, New Zealand bowlers. They use a lot of short deliveries against the Indian uh, batsmen. Not saying that they had issues. They played really well in Australia when they last toured. But for some reason, because of the movement uh, through the pitch and the bounce, I think they struggled a little bit. 
Well, Virat Kohli uh, flattered to deceive, didn't he? Scores in the New Zealand Test Series 2, 19, 3 and 14. Um, he's played an awful lot of cricket recently. I'd have thought India might have rested him for this series. He was supposed to be arrested, I think, but just because of the sheer pressure of the previous tournament in New Zealand where he didn't score any runs, I think he just wanted to get ahead before the IPL and get in the form for the big tournament. And this is a perfect uh, condition for him to get some runs back in uh, the Indian condition back home. So I don't think he wanted to miss the series, though the selectors were insisting. There's some big question marks over the position of wicketkeeper. Do you expect uh, Rahul to keep the gloves or Rishabh Pant to come back into the side? I feel that they will use KL Rahul uh, to keep for the, at least for the first uh, match because they've given enough chances to Rishabh Pant, though he's got all the talent in the world, but he hasn't done justice yet. So everyone expects a lot out of him, but we've still got to wait and see when does he, when does he start firing. Uh, Shikhar Darwan, uh, Mayank Agarwal and Prithvi Shaw grabbed their opportunities in the ODI series against New Zealand. The opening partnerships in that series, 8-21 and 50. None of them really grabbed those opportunities. So who do you think will be opening up? I think they're still going to try and persist with uh, Prithvi Shaw and hopefully Shikhar Darwan. And they will, again, use KL Rahul as a floater. We have seen in the previous series also that he's batted in different Numbers, sometimes he came at five, six, seven. So he was, he's kind of a floater who they're using whenever they want him. Mm. So I would, I would go with Prithvi Shaw and Shikhar Dhawan. And it's good to see Shikhar back after the injury. So that will strengthen, uh, strengthen the side quite a bit as well. And also with Hardik Pandya coming in the middle order, it does give the side a better feel. And in your opinion, who do you see as being India's best bowling lineup? I think with Bhuvaneshwar Kumar coming in, I think it'll be Bhumneshwar Kumar definitely and Saini and Bumrah. I can see all three playing and with the likes of Jadeja. So yeah, the bowling attack looks pretty pretty good. It's just the batting which needs to uh, fire and they need to score some runs which they struggled in New Zealand. Uh, there's been an awful lot of wet weather over here in the UK for the uh, last few weeks and uh, racing courses, golf courses, football pitches, rugby pitches, you name it, are absolutely sodden with water. Uh, India, yeah. what's, what sort of pitches can we expect over there? So the weather should be absolutely fine because it's, uh, it's going to be second, third week of March. It's pretty. It's getting very, very hot. I was in India a couple of weeks back. It started to get warm and hot already. Uh, we might get a few showers here and there, but primarily I don't see an issue with the rain. So we'll probably see the whole series going quite smoothly. Let's hope so. Uh, the next 50 over World Cup will be in India. Uh, what is the secret, if you're able to give it away, to being successful on uh, subcontinent pitches? I think it's just that most 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 players now know how to play in subcontinent pitches because they're all playing IPL for the quite few years. So if you see the likes of Duplessis and all those players, they've been fairly successful. Even Quinton de Kock has been handed the captaincy with the white ball for South Africa now. So I don't think they struggle anymore. It's just about on that particular day who can apply themselves better, who can you know go out there and do their work properly and, and stick to their game plan. I don't see there's any home advantage now for India. There will be a bit of home advantage because they can somewhere down the line create pitches where the ball will turn a bit more. But mo- most international cricketers are, are good enough to get runs in any any country, I feel, nowadays. You talk about home advantage. Do you not think there's a big opportunity for India to um, really take the game to South Africa? This is a side um, in a massive amount of transition, obviously a, a relatively untested captain, um, questions about attack and bowling not being 100%. So as much as you say home advantage doesn't count, do you not think this could be a real good opportunity for India to really make a statement? 
Yeah, absolutely. They need to make a statement after the performance in New Zealand where they lost uh, all three ODIs. They won the five T20s, but since then they haven't won a single game. They won. They lost two tests. They were lost the three ODIs. And on the other hand, South Africa has done exceptionally well against Australia at home. They won three out of three one days. They're somewhere managing to know which player they need to use in the one-day format. Though they've made a lot of changes in the last year, they've played 33 different players in all different formats. And just in white ball cricket, they've used 10 new players in the last four or five months. So they're getting a hang of it, who they want to play in the middle order. But I think, yeah, it'll be an even contest uh, going into this uh, series. Is there anybody in the South Africa squad that you personally are quite afraid of uh, with bat or ball? I think Quinton de Kock is always a very, very big threat. And we have to wait and see if Temba Bavuma plays because he still has a little bit of niggle in the first game. So we might not see him in the first game. But he's one, somebody who's obviously always very dangerous to get going. And then you've got uh, Henry Klaassen, who's, who's a very, very good player as well. So they've got a lot of good talent coming in. It's just about going out there and uh, performing. Abhishek, you're going to be watching uh, this three-match ODI series for TalkSport 2. Can I trouble you for a prediction? I think, yes, we're going for, I would say 2-1 to India, but we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, and also, just final one for me. We're not far away now from the T20 World Cup, another one in, uh, in, or two in a very short period of time. Yeah. Um, how are India looking ahead of that? I think, yeah, they need to quickly find out who the playing eleven would be. And I think IPL will play a massive part going forward because they will, because there's such a massive pool of players available for the Indian side that every cricketer is under a lot of pressure because they know they can't take their place for granted, which is a good thing in a way. And in a way, it gives a lot of, it adds a lot of pressure on the players as well. So whoever does well in the IPL, definitely they'll get a look in. And I think as a team, they will do well. Uh, but again, India has not been that great as we expect them to be in the T20 cricket when it came to international cricket. So they'll have to pull up their socks if they want to do well in Australia. Abhishek, thank you for joining us here on TalkSport 2. Former Rajasthan Royals and Sunrisers Hyderabad batsman Abhishek Janjanwala, part of our commentary team during the ODI series. Let's hear now from India captain Virat Kohli. He remains confident his side will bounce back against South Africa. Kohli says his side will be ready to go again following that defeat to South Africa. As you rightly said, um, we take... um, Every challenge that comes our way, we try and take it head on and that's something that we've done in the past. Um, I feel like um, we were completely outplayed in this series and um, we obviously did not play the kind of cricket that we do play as a team. So it was a combination of both and um, the the thing to take away from here is not to shy away from the things that went wrong. Uh, instead, address them um, straight up and not be in denial. Uh, accept those mistakes and, and correct them going forward because we do have a lot of uh, uh, cricket away from home uh, coming in this this season as well and something that we're very optimistic about and looking forward to because the things that have not gone right here we would like to be in similar situations and correct them rather than just talking about them so we got beaten by a better team on the, on the day in uh, the World Cup and we got beaten by a better side in the test series as well um, so there's no there's no shame in being outplayed um, you know at the international level you need to accept your mistakes and move forward all this bogey team and all that we don't believe in because our record against them is pretty good in the past so you can't just make some a team a bogey team because of one test series and uh, a semi final loss uh, we definitely have not thought like that and 
um, they're definitely not looked at from our point of view as that team. They just played much better cricket on that day. This is something that we have been talking about. Uh, we have identified a few guys. Um, we do have people who can, you know, potentially come up the ranks. Any is one already that's come into the system. We do have two, three more that we have an eye on. Um, we need to be very careful, and we are. We need to understand that this is one factor that has gotten us a lot of success, and we need to make sure that those standards are kept high. We recognize and understand who are the guys that can do a similar job potentially. Uh, as well as these people have done, Umesh included. Um, I think they bowled pretty well, especially in this test. Um, you know, they bowled pretty well. Even in the first innings, our, our comeback was really good. Even second innings, I think, you know, we, we kept hitting the right areas. Um, so, as far as execution is concerned, I think we were, we were much, much better in this test match uh, compared to the first test match. Um, yeah, but from I think from a, the larger picture point of view, we, we do need to recognize who are the next three, four guys that can sort of keep the standard up because you don't want to feel a void suddenly if a couple of guys miss out and you know suddenly you feel like things are different. So I think that's what happens um, in cricket. You know, many transitions happen every now and then and you need to be aware as a side. I don't see anyone taking their place for granted in this team. That's the culture we've set fully. You know, people are are told to take responsibility of what they do and work hard towards it. Whether it happens or not, it's a different thing. You know, then you can have conversation with the players. But no one here has come in thinking, I'm going to play every game or, you know, I'm indispensable. Collectively, as a batting unit, we did not perform. So to single out people, I don't believe in that. We take the, we, we take the hit together as a group, whether it's the batting group or as a team, and uh, we try to correct those things and move forward. India captain Virat Kohli. Now, of course, after the India-South Africa series, our attention turns to England's tour of India next winter. A man that was on England's last tour to India, Gareth Batty, joins us next. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean, 
there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to TalkSport 2. We're looking ahead to India's ODI series against South Africa. The action gets underway on Thursday morning. The first ball is at 8 o'clock UK time, live on TalkSport 2. So make sure you set your alarm clock. Some of the biggest stars in world cricket will be on display with Virat Kohli, Shikwa Darwan, Quinton de Kock and Faf de Plessis all in action. It's going to be an absolute belter. And of course, later this year, England make the trip to India. Every ball of the T20s, the ODIs and the tests will be live right here on TalkSport 2. Our brilliant coverage will continue with the traditional funny moments, of course. It's supercalifragilated, <laughs> expialidocious, he's something like that. Supercalifragilated. Goffy, please, just stop it. Mate, you've watched that film too many times if you know that. No, I was just educated. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Did Tom Curran have a man bun for what? I should be asking Gareth Batty. Did Tom Curran have a man bun? Well, you're supposed to know. You start, you're the analyst. You Go and analyse it. I'll stop you right there. There's no point bowling on an empty stomach. I'm miserable enough as it is. <laughs> Remember that time in India I got you really sick, Butch? Offering people drinks of two-stroke petrol is not really uh, the friendliest thing that's ever happened to me on a tour. Cameraman just stood right in front of us so we can't see the cricket. You all right, mate? You got a good view there? Yeah. <laughs> the colour. How can you eat that? Well, I'll tell you who does eat it. We've got um, a, lad, a boy with us, I, I must say, called Sam Elad, and we call him Junior Moose. If I'm not mistaken, is Nokia now chasing a bird, Manners? Uh, uh, not just any bird, that's a hardy dar. Hardy dar. Hardy dar. Hardy dar. Well, no, it's uh, 76 centimetres long. <laughs> well, all of them. All of them. Well, on they're, average. They're all the same size. <laughs> on average. <laughs> Well, that gives people a rough idea of roughly how big the bird is. Super calachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachach
really doesn't miss out when something good's on, on offer, does he? Fancy being in that swimming pool at four o'clock. I hear, I hear you, loud and clear. Yes. We won't enlarge, but I hear you. Mind you, we might send Sam Allard in and his budgie smugglers oh, into that swimming pool. Sam, that's a bit Can't beat it. Go and go with me and Camellia there. Can't even say, I'm actually in good shape. Mm. Wait, it's A-shape. <laughs> It was like on Lion King when Mufasa comes back from the dead and the clouds are just building up. It just looked ominous. It looked like we were in all sorts of trouble. All I remember is wildebeest from that turf. Oh, there's Goffey. Shall we fire up the splashometer then for the first time since the Wanderers? Aren't we got an, an intruder? Oh, no, not going to rugby tackle. Oh, don't, don't do that. Oh, no, that hurt. Get themselves a, a nice healthy chunk of uh, test championship points. Speaking of a healthy chunk, I've got Darren Goff with me out here in the middle. Goffey. What do you think of the dancing girls, Gareth? I'm a married man. I've not been lucky, my friend. I was chatting to Tabre Shamsi on, on Twitter, and he said he had the highest score by a number 11 on debut. Let me just pick... I just pick that name and keep dropping. Absolute nonsense. Absolute nonsense been spoken. He Wait a minute. left arm's been beautifully well. Don't worry about that. Excuse me, sirs. Excuse me, sirs. No, no you've had your chance. He made enough. eight runs in 28 balls from left arm finger spin. Nonsense. Go away. We've had enough. Laugh a minute stuff across the TalkSport network and one man that played a key role in all of that was uh, Gareth Batty. Bats, how you doing? Very good afternoon. Uh, I must ask the question, do you know the difference between a la-di-dar or a hi-di-high or a hardy-high, whatever that type of bird was? Did we ever get to the bottom of what that was? I think it was a pronunciation issue. Um, I think hardy-dar was the correct uh, pronunciation and it's uh, a very commonly seen bird around South Africa. <laughs> Speaking of uh, being around South Africa, what was it like touring with the TalkSport team? You've been on many a tour with many in England side and no doubt with your counties as well, but we're a very different bunch, aren't we? Oh, you, you can tell just from the, the little clips you got there, just on the rerun there. I mean, wow, we had a great time. We really did. Uh, we were in a wonderful country. The cricket was amazing, but uh, we also managed to uh, have a bit of fun as a group as well. And uh, some nice meals out and uh, lots of conversations about cricket and, uh, and stupid things. No, we had a great time. We really did. We had a wonderful time. What were some of your standout memories? Um, I actually think, um, being boring, it was actually the, the cricket. Um you know, obviously, the, the team that we have are relatively close uh, to either England management or players uh, or the coaching staff. Uh, so, uh, you know, we had a bit of a uh, more of an affiliation uh, with the group than, than most people commentating and, and talking on the game. Um, so for us personally to see that team moving forward, uh, moving forward with a smile on the face and, and making it brilliant for us to watch every day, bearing in mind we probably had a, a, a relatively good evening the night before. Um, it was absolutely brilliant that, um, you know, England turned out uh, some great performances, some great individual performances, uh, and it was just brilliant to be a part of it. It really was. Fantastic. Junior producer Sam Allard's just said in my ear, what stays on tour, what happens on tour stays on tour, so I'll move on very swiftly. Uh, next up, we'll talk <laughs> sport to um, England's tour of India. Uh, Bats, you toured with England last time they were in India. When you compare it to places like the West Indies, to Australia, to New Zealand, to all the places you've been in the world, India's a very unique place. What's it like to tour? I, I think first and foremost, uh, cricket is a religion in India. Mm. Um, it is everywhere. Um, it is upfront and personal on every level. Uh, so there's no getting away from it. So uh, I think England needs to be ready for that. Uh, you need to understand that, that, that the public live and breathe it. Um, once you get your head around that, then also you... You can you can understand that it's actually a bit of a snowball effect. Once you get on the back foot in India, it's very difficult to dig yourself out of that. So it's better to play on the front foot, better to be positive, better to understand what you might 
be coming up against and not think, oh, we'll just suck it and see and, and we'll play it as we see it. I think you've got to go out there with a, a real precise uh, vision of, of what you're going to do to you and how you're going to counteract it. Um, and, and I think England will do that. I, I think, um, you know, we saw some great signs of that this winter in South Africa, uh, the way they were going to try and counteract a certain opposition strengths. Um, so, look, it's, uh, it's going to be one heck of a challenge um, because they're going to be massive crowds and huge interest in it. Yeah, very much. Um, just from a personal perspective, when, when you think of the pitches in India, the ones that you bowled on, what are the sort of words that come to mind? What are they like? Um, the series that we played uh, was right after the South Africa series when it turned absolutely square for South Africa. Mm. Um, and we turned up and the pitch was pretty, pitches were pretty good. Um, India managed to get basically a thousand first innings runs every time they batted and we managed to uh, not get anywhere near that twice and, and lose badly. But um, the, the pitches are, can, be, can be good for spinners. But um, also you might have to work very hard because uh, the one thing we do know generally India is a traditionally brilliant batting place. They've produced some of the best batters uh, the history of the game has ever seen. And uh, they, uh, they take great uh, pride in that. So the pitches will be good for batting as well. Where do you think um, the, the England bowlers, the England attack can hurt India's uh, batting order? You've said that that's something I'm very, very proud of and no doubt they'll be piling on the runs. But where can uh, our boys get some damage done, make some inroads? Well, I think our, our big boys, our, our fast bowlers have to take the ball by the horns and make it a fraction easier for the spinners. Yes, the spinners will be under pressure. Yes, we will see the ball spin. But if those fast bowlers can get India one and two down before the spinners come on, it makes life a bit easier. If they can get the ball reversing to take one or two wickets in that middle and late order, then spinners only going to have to take sort of five, six wickets. There will be a day when spin cleans up and absolutely uh, rips open the opposition. But... Um, I think we've seen England traditionally, you've got to play to your strengths, and traditionally our strengths are fast bowling. If those boys can get their skill sets up and ready for India, it's going to make the spinners' jobs easier. But I think it will make the batters' jobs in, uh, easier because it will put India on the back foot. Do you think in, in, in terms of uh, England's batting lineup, and obviously it's a long way off, it remains to be seen what 11 uh, the skipper will go with, but is there enough quality there to deal with uh, the threat that India posed and score a few big runs? There is 100% the skill level. Um, that, uh, from a statistical point of view, is probably not as heavily laden uh, from a runs point of view that you've seen with an Indian uh, team sheet and what they could pick. Um, but the skill levels are definitely there. It would be very good for England. They're in the subcontinent that minute. Uh, coming back then to England and getting a bit more um, uh, sort of English traditional conditions under batter's belt to get them back confident. But having these little trips to different parts of the subcontinent will stand them in good stead. Um, but as I say, I, I think they really do have to have some kind of a camp, some kind of time pre-India where they say, right, this is what the ball is going to do and we're going to make it very difficult. So, so train in a very difficult environment. Uh, a word on South Africa for a sec. Uh, back on TalkSport 2 on Thursday morning. You watched them over the winter, of course. Um, what do you make of them as a one-day team? Developing. Um, I must admit, I underestimated them. Um, I didn't um, imagine that they would be as, as complete a team as we saw. Uh, they pushed England on every turn. Uh, I think they played up to their potential, their max, and England are number one in the world. So uh, it was no mean feat that they kept England and, and, and kept toe-to-toe with them. Um, Quinton de Kock up at the top is, is crucial, now with the captaincy as well. Um, but we also saw you know, an, an emergence of three uh, younger players. Uh, Milan getting a big 100 the other day. He's exciting. Uh, he's waxed the ball. Uh, and we saw you know, Pelicuello and, and, and a few of the, the other bowlers, uh, Shamsi, uh, coming into the into the act, so they're a, they're a very workmanlike team, 
um, with a bit of a bit of pizzazz in there, and uh, they, did, they do have some star quality. Maybe not what they used to have uh, in abundance, but they still have some wonderful players. And if they can they can get that workman like team uh, spirit around, they're going to be very dangerous. They really are. They're in India, of course, and no doubt used to humidity and that type of thing. And if I can bring it back to England's tour of India later this year, how hard was it dealing with that particular factor? We talk about the actual on-the-pitch pressures, batting, bowling, mining games and all the rest of it. But, of course, the other enemy is the humidity, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the hardest thing is you, you can't throw the ball around the field that you would do in most other countries because you're going to get the ball wet, you're going to get it damp, so you're going to stop reverse swing, you're going to make it harder for the spinners to hold. Um, it's also the noise levels. When you get in an Indian cricket ground, and there's a full crowd in. You cannot hear yourself think. So you could be 10 yards away from somebody and you're shouting at them and they cannot physically hear what you're saying. So communication and looking after the ball is going to be so crucial. So that will be heat and noise. Lob it into the mix uh, when you're under some pressure as well because uh, the crowd will be supporting the home team. Uh, it does make for a, a wonderful challenge, but poof, if you can get on the right end of it, so satisfying. Finally, Bats, uh, we've almost got a county championship season upon us again. Seems weird to think it's little over a month away. My uh, Surrey-supporting father-in-law has already mapped out his away <laughs> travel, and he's very, very excited about that. He's promised to take me to the Oval a couple of times um, over the course of uh, the next couple of months. But how, how are your preparations going? Ball still coming out nicely? Yeah, not too bad. Not too, The old bodies uh, found pre-season a bit more difficult this year. Um, we're in a marquee at the minute, out on the outfield. Uh, so it's very warm in there, but uh, the surfaces are still English conditions. They're nipping around. Um, but um, look, you know, the boys are working very, very hard, as are 17 other counties and, and the England team, obviously, away at the minute. Um, it's it's going to be a pretty special year of, of cricket in England and um, everybody's raring to go and everybody wants to be a part of it. Gareth Batty, thank you for joining us here on TalkSport 2. Always a pleasure to hear. Gareth Batty will be very much be part of our coverage of England's tour of India later this year. Coming up, though, we'll hear from South Africa head coach Mark Boucher, ahead of uh, South Africa's tour of India. The first ODI gets underway Thursday morning. Coverage gets underway 7.25am UK time. And Ferdos Munda, who covers South Africa for ESPN Crick Info. You're listening to TalkSport 2. This is an India versus South Africa series preview with just three days to go until the action is underway in the three-game ODI series. Every single ball of the tour will be live on TalkSport 2. The first ODI gets going on Thursday from 7.25 in the morning. India are looking to bounce back from a tough tour to New Zealand, while South Africa will be looking to continue their recent good form after an impressive home series win against Australia. Some of the biggest stars in world cricket will be on show. Virat Kohli, Shikhar Darwin, Quinton de Kock and after Plessy, all in action. Let's hear now from the South Africa head coach, Mark Boucher, who says he's relishing the upcoming challenge of trying to win away in India. Oh, look, I think India is going to be a tough, tough test. Uh, different conditions. A lot, of, a lot of the guys haven't haven't played a lot of cricket in India as well. Um, I think that's a, what's impressed me is the guys have responded uh, to the messages we've been sending out from a batting and a bowling perspective. Uh, they're prepared to maybe change their mindsets a bit, um, and also the, a lot of different players stepping up. Um, you know, there's there's one thing when you give opportunities, but I think the guys uh, throughout the team have have, have taken opportunities, um, and it's it's causing me a good headache. Uh, going to, to India with, with regards to selecting a 11 but I think it's, it's a good position for us to be in because a lot of the guys are in form uh, the confidence is nice and high uh, but like I said I think uh, India is going to be a, a very tough challenge uh, we're coming up a very good Indian side as well uh, but we'll, we'll get there we'll keep working hard uh, once Solo doesn't make
like a summer. We understand that. Uh, we're at the bottom of the ladder uh, and we've got to keep climbing up. Um, I think our, most of the players in the, in the side know that, they respect that um, and they understand that there's still a lot of hard work to be done um, going going forward in the, in the near future. South Africa head coach Mark Boucher uh, speaking ahead of the tour of India which gets underway this week. A mixed start for the uh, head coach but does the future look bright under the former wicketkeeper? Sam Allard has been speaking with Ferdos Munda who covers South Africa for ESPN Crick Info and she started by discussing the summer where South Africa faced England and Australia. Really, really tough. Probably the toughest summer since readmission. South Africa only won one series of the four that they played at home and they lost the tests and the T20s to England. They lost the T20s to Australia. Then they drew the ODIs with England and then they finally won. So they swept Australia for the second time in a home ODI series. But you know, in a non-World Cup year, it's so difficult to read into the results of 50-over cricket. And really, you know, I think South Africans will be very disappointed to see how badly the side has done. There's an understanding that this is a major transition period. There's a new coach. There'll be a new captain in all formats now with Fafri Plessy stepping down from tests as well. Quinton de Kock's taken over the white ball format. There's been a lot of retirements, a lot of new players. In fact, in total, there's been uh, 33 players used by South Africa this season and 10 new white ball caps. So big, big change, but it's been a really tough summer. And uh, I think for it to be coming to an end now is probably what everyone's looking forward to. Mm. Well, before we talk about the change, the new captain, the new coach, you mentioned it's there's a T20 World Cup coming up in, in a couple of months' time. And then these three one-day internationals. How will South Africa view this series? Is this... Is it a series that's important for them? What are they going to look to try and get out of three one-day internationals when there's sort of a T20 World Cup coming up in six months? Does this series kind of get in, get in the way a little bit, do you think? It does get in the way a little bit. I mean, I, do, I think it could be viewed as kind of a very long-term recce for the 2023 World Cup. So obviously mm. that will be played in India. Yeah. And South Africa are taking quite a young side. So, you know, a lot of those guys will return. Probably the only one who won't is Faf Dupasee, who's going with for some experience to add some value and to really help with this transition period that we've spoken about. But I think a lot of the players across the, the one-day format also play T20 cricket, so you'll find that it's also a chance to just suss out who's in the running. And there are a lot of spots up for grabs in the South African eleven. so an opening party to Quinton de Kock needs to really be sealed. And, and if that's going to be Temba Bavuma, then hopefully he'll find some fitness and some form in India. And then there's a lot of middle-order options. They probably need to pick three or four out of the six guys that are there. And very importantly, in the in the bowling attack, there's no Kachisa Rabada there. So it's really about which of the younger guys can step up. There's Lungi and Gidi, Luto Supamla, Anrik Nokia. Andile Pekakwaya really needs to show that he can own that all-rounder spot now. And Keshav Maharaj, it's a big series for him because Tabaret Shamsi is on paternity leave. So for Keshav Maharaj, he could really make a claim now to to take up a spot in the squad, whether it's for the T20 World Cup or one-day cups down the line. Yeah, and you you mentioned there's been a lot of new players over the past couple of months. There's been a transitional period. Which of the new players has impressed you the most? Oh, gosh, I think so many new players. I don't even know which one's been the best, (laughs) I guess. I mean, the one that sticks most recently in my mind is probably Kyle Verena. He scored a 48 and a 50 in the three-match series against Australia, and he just looks the part. He's an aggressive young batsman, great in the field, really quick, has taken some fabulous catches, and he's also a wicketkeeper. So in the event that Quinton de Kock 
does have to give up the gloves, you know, playing this treble role is, is pretty tough, then Calvarena would be a good option. Uh, he's been pretty good. Yalaman Milan's been quite good at the, at the mm. top of the order as well. He scored a century after a first ball duck, so he's also a nice, aggressive batsman, which is what South Africa would like. And then I think um, Lucas Pamela could end up being really good too. He's young, and so there's a lot of years left in him. He seems to have a good measure of just kind of when to bowl which ball. So he's not very, very quick. Uh, neither has he got that something extremely special that stands out like a Lungi and Gidi, but I think his accuracy could be kind of the missing piece for South Africa. You know, I think over the next probably 18 months, we're going to see so many new players coming through. So if you ask me this question again in a, a few months' time, I'll probably have a whole new set of names for you. It's great. I mean, it's good that South Africa have, have uh, cast the net super wide. Uh, I don't know what they're catching at the moment, but we'll know it hopefully by the end of the series. And is there is there full belief amongst you know yourself, journalists covering South Africa, supporters that um, Mark Boucher as head coach and Quinton de Kock as captain is the right match in the in the long run? I think so. I think uh, Mark Boucher as coach, you know, he's been given this contract that will last till 2023 and he's been quite humble in, in saying there's a lot of hard work to be done and they understand that this is going to take time. So that's sort of a different side to Mark Boucher that we've seen. He's normally quite a bullish character, but he's really taken all these defeats and all the shenanigans on the chin and, and really shown that he's willing to knuckle down and do the work. I think the jury's probably still out on Dukak as captain. You know, he's such an interesting and, and funny guy at times to interact with. You never really sure what you're dealing with but he does seem to have really thrived under this extra responsibility he's batting really well apart from like the Mitchell Stark uh, issue that he had against him in the Australia series but he's batting pretty well his keeping has not shown any signs of kind of deteriorating and he's involved you know Quinton is normally the kind of guy who kind of drifts a lot and, and you're not too sure if there's anything in his eyes but um, he's really been involved in, in these last few series you can see him getting uh, involved with the bowlers directing the field his plans seem pretty good most of the time. So I think as far as the white ball future is concerned, this is the way South Africa are going, at least until the next World Cup. The big question, obviously, over the test captain remains. And um, it's just going to take a lot of time. I think South Africans are by nature impatient with sport and and to, to realize that, you know, it could be another season or two before we see big returns is not something that will sit that comfortably with people. But uh, yeah, still, still some hard work to be done for sure. And talking of returns, could we possibly maybe see the return of A.B. de Villiers over the next couple of months? It sounds like it, definitely. Yeah. It sounds like A.B. de Villiers will be back for the May series against Sri Lanka. There's some white ball games there. If not there for the five T20s in the West Indies, which take place just before the T20 World Cup. So, you know, all the talk is that he's going to return. I guess you could look at the middle order now and, and just wonder how you fit him in there because... You know, you've got Rassi Fantagissen, who was the darling of the last 12 months. We've got Heinrich Klaassen batting really well. Kyle Verena, David Miller's finding form at the right time. And I think there's been some pressure on him. So, you know, do South Africa have room to fit in one more? And, and who's going to miss out? You know, which one of the players that have been really doing the hard yards over the last few years since AB retired in, in May 2018 is going to have to be told, look, we're sorry, but we need to make room for mm. AB de Villiers. And sort of what does that do to team unity? So I think... Very interesting times ahead. You know, this is not the first time A.B. de Villiers has tried to make a comeback. And in, in one breath, South Africans will say we must have him there. But in the other, he's also been to World Cups before and not won. So, you know, does it really, is he really going to make that much difference is I think what people need to consider. But I think, uh, yeah, as far as hype goes, we're going to keep hyping it up. And I think we are going to see him back at some yeah. stage. Whether or not that will bring a trophy, who knows. 
And just last question for those. How do you see this series going? It's live on TalkSport 2 from Thursday morning at half past seven. Do you think South Africa have got a chance of, of maybe causing an upset in India? I think so. I think the, the ODI form is certainly the best of the formats at the moment. And, uh, you know, they're returning to India where the season began in September last year and, and really where everything started to unravel. They drew that T20 series in. They lost the tests that came home to all this huge uh, number of changes that we've seen. So I think they do have a chance. Uh, they, they'll probably fancy themselves to at least win a couple of the games there, if not the series uh, as a whole. But I guess a strong Indian team is always difficult to beat in India. Whether or not there's some real kind of intention behind the series is what people will wonder because it can be quite easy to let these random one-day series just pass you by without really needing to win. So I think for India, it would be if they can get up for something like this. They just come back from New Zealand. There's an IPL around the corner and a lot going on for them as well. You know, maybe South Africa can, can capitalize on a little bit of disinterest if, if, if there is such a thing there uh, and hopefully just earn themselves a little bit of confidence because that's really what's been lacking. So don't forget to tune in on DAB online or via the TalkSport app to hear live and exclusive coverage of India versus South Africa on TalkSport. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.